الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد إمام الشافعي one of the greatest scholars in our history 
May Allah have mercy on him. He said that if Surah Al-Asr were to be the only Surah revealed, then it would suffice, it would be enough. Of course, this is hyperbole, but his, his point is this Surah, although it's very short, one of the shortest in the entire Qur'an, it's one of three Surahs that only have three ayat. It's very short, but it's very, very precise and concise regarding what we do need to prioritize and also, ipso facto, what we do not need to prioritize. At the beginning of the surah, Allah swears by time. And when you go through the Qur'an, Allah only swears by something positive. وَالضُّحَى وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَالٍ عَشْرِ Allah swears by time, but it's not just time as a generic concept, but when you think of Asr prayer, it's all the way at the end of the day. Whatever sunlight is left, it's as if that sunlight is being, is being juiced, it's being squeezed. What do you call juice in Arabic? Asir, as the same root. Allah swears by time, but the feeling here is very, very limited time. Allah swears by time that what? What's, the, what's the, the second half? The first half Allah swears by something, the second component, there's the response to it. There's the oath and the response to the oath. Allah swears by time, then what's the second component? There's no doubt whatsoever that the individual is in a deep state of loss, that the human being is in a deep state of loss. There's a very subtle but important wrinkle here. If you notice, Allah uses the term insan, the individual human being. Allah didn't say nas. The Qur'an is always very precise. If Allah uses a specific word, it's for a reason. And if Allah does not use a word, it's for a reason. Allah says there's no doubt the individual human being is in a deep state of loss. And then what's the third and final ayah? إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوا Allah swears by time that the human being is in a deep state of loss except for those who believe and they do good deeds and And they advise with truth and they advise with patience. That's a very rough translation and explanation. Regarding the problem, Allah mentions individualism. There's a time and a place, and what's so beautiful about our deen is we have this constant, the pendulum constantly swings between the group and the individual, the group and the individual. It's better to pray fard, the obligatory prayers, together with other people. But then sunnah you pray alone. As a, as a norm. So there's a time and a place for this, there's a time and a place for that. There are rewards for, specifically for praying the obligatory prayers communally in the masjid, and there's actually extra reward if you pray sunnah nafil prayers at home. There's this constant balance between the individual and the group, but the overall emphasis in our deen is the community. The group. 
If a person only focuses on themselves, we live in a very individualistic society in a hyper-individualistic time. Nefsi, nefsi, on steroids. It's all about me. Anyone else, everyone else, you know, good luck to you. Don't bother me. I'm only focused on me. As a norm, unfortunately, this is what we see in this society, in American society, in Western society, and then it's especially heightened with social media and other things mixed in. Those tools are a double-edged sword. There can be a lot of good, there can also be a lot of not so good. And if a person isn't careful, if they don't walk that tight rope of their niyyah, of their intention carefully, then the intention becomes clouded and it starts to become more and more about the individual, not so much about the group, the community, or whatever the, the noble cause may be. In this surah, Allah criticizes the individual who is hyper-focused on individualism. And this is contained within the language, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي there's no doubt the individual human being, i.e. the individual person, if they isolate themselves from the community and they're only focused on themselves, then there are issues that come with that. But then for the solution, Allah mentions, except for those who, the plural, community, we need each other. There are many examples of this in the Qur'an, in hadith literature. The believers are supposed to be like one body. What happens if you have a fever? From, from the neck down, your body doesn't go to work and then your, your head, you know, with the fever stays at home. It, obviously, it doesn't work like that. It's connected. It has to be connected. There, there's, there's no negotiation. The whole body stays home because of the fever. If someone breaks their leg, the whole body is affected by that. They don't cut off the leg, send it to the hospital, fix it, send it back to me through Amazon. The whole person has to go. This is the, the example the Prophet compared والسلام, the ummah as one body. If it's afflicted with illness or fever, then there's supposed to be a response. The Prophet wasn't saying this only regarding Muslims in Medina, when he was in Medina. He was not saying this regarding Muslims in Mecca, when he was in Mecca. He wasn't limiting it to that. He's saying regarding the Ummah as a whole, from then until now and moving on into the future. This is the mentality that we need to have. Allah swears by time that the individual is in a deep state of loss, except for those who value and do these four things. One is iman, two is good deeds. Uh, one is faith, two is good deeds. Three is truth, four is patience, resilience, grit. Sabr contains all of these. The need for community. That's the lifeboat that we all need. That's the lifeline that we all need. So when we come to the masjid, whether it's this masjid or any other masjid, we have to be on our best behavior to the nth degree. Because all of us are guests in the house of Allah. The masjid is not my house, it's not your house, it's the house of Allah. If you're invited to an iftar party somewhere, to a community somewhere, to a restaurant somewhere, 
If you're showing up as a goat, uh, as a guest, excuse me, I accidentally combined the term guest and host and almost said ghost. La ilaha illallah. Ramadan brain is real. May Allah help all of us. If you show up as a guest, excuse me, to an iftar gathering, would anyone have the audacity to go to another guest and say, I don't like the color of your shirt, you need to leave. You're not dressed exactly how I think you should be dressed, you need to leave. I mean, the audacity that would require is unbelievable. One guest going to another guest and kicking them out because they are nitpicking at this or that issue? Wouldn't the host get more upset with the guest who's being rude and encroaching those boundaries and kicking out another guest they invited? The host invited both. I want both of you here. Both of you are invited as well as many others. So if you're kicking out a guest that the host invited, chances are that'll be enough reason for the host to then kick you out. You're actually the problem you need to go. Leave them. The color of their clothing or exactly how they're dressed. Or you stay. But because of your character, you need to go. When it comes to the time that we spend in the masjid, we have to be very, very, very acutely careful of how we treat other people. So many people are starving spiritually. So many people are... are so thirsty for the, the, the truth of the fresh water of Islam. And then when they find it, it's, it's the most refreshing thing ever. If someone goes to a masjid seeking the truth, seeking the community, the ummah of the Prophet they watched incredible videos about the character of the Prophet. They read about the character of the Prophet. They learned about the character of the Prophet and the companions and, the, and, and this story of a scholar and another scholar and the Muslims. Wow, these, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is what I've been yearning for in the, in the deepest parts of my soul. And then they go to a masjid and then somebody nitpicks if the sister has like one hair sticking out from her hijab and it's not even a hair, it's a thread from the scarf. But you are so quick to jump on them and to attack them. You have to answer for that if they don't come back to the message for the rest of their lives. Now all of a sudden when you think of it that way, you comb through the Qur'an. How does Allah describe people who prevent people from the path of Allah? Some of the heaviest criticism in the entire Qur'an is regarding this concept. Those who prevent people from the path of Allah. They cut people off from the path of Allah. If a brother shows up, he happens to not be wearing a kufi. You have no right to jump on his case. Leave him alone. Get to know him. For the sisters, get to know her. What are they going through? Especially if they're a convert, do you, know, do you know their name? Do you know their middle name? Do you know their last name? If not, don't say anything. Just be nice, be kind, smile, be on your way. If you talk to them, talk in a way to get to know them as a human, as a person. And then if they happen to open up to you and say, I just took my shahada last week. I'm actually living on the streets. My family kicked me out. 
all of a sudden, oh, wow, I'm glad I didn't jump on your case for not wearing a kufi. They're struggling to survive. Now you know, okay, how can I help you in the most important area of your life that you need help with? Within the Muslim community, there are many major issues regarding addiction, you name it. Anything affecting people outside the masjid, the same exact thing is affecting people within the masjid, within the Muslim community. So as a community, as an ummah, as a jama'ah, what can we do to help? What can we do to heal? This is Islam. So when Allah mentions community in the Qur'an, when Allah says, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَنِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا Plural, 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 community, community, community. Allah is not using this concept just for the sake of using it. The indication here is very clearly a healthy community, a compassionate community, a kind community, a prophetic community, a Medinan community. That's what people are looking for. That's what people deserve. So as we're going through the Qur'an during these last few days, these last few nights of Ramadan, let us pay attention to these details like this one, because the norm throughout the Qur'an, Allah emphasizes the plural, the community, the jama'ah. You have a few exceptions where Allah mentions the individual. The norm, though, is for Allah to mention the plural. So we should take a step back and reflect and think, okay, how, how am I being affected by the Qur'an? How am I benefiting from the Qur'an? This is the month of the Qur'an. I've been spending time with the Qur'an. Have I become more kind? Have I become more generous? Have, have, I, have I been smiling a little bit more? And have I been criticizing other people less? Ironically, Allah mentions within Surah Al-Baqarah in the one ayah in the whole Qur'an that mentions Ramadan by name, Shahr Ramadan al unzila fihi al-Qur'an. At the end of this ayah, what's the capstone to the ayah? Allah mentions three things, but the last of those three things, وَلَعَلَّكُمْ tashkurun. So you may be grateful. Have I become a little bit more grateful this Ramadan? As I spend more time with the Qur'an, am I becoming a little bit more grateful for the Qur'an and otherwise? When iftar is served, am I too busy complaining that there's not enough salt in the food? Okay, it's an easy solution. Take some salt, put it in the food. <laughs> it's, it's better for it to not have enough as opposed to having too much. You can't fix that as easily. So what are, what are we really getting out of this month of Ramadan? What are we prioritizing? And that's reflected in a person's hal. It's reflected in a person's state. It's reflected in their mannerisms, in their manners, in their character. Have I become more grateful this Ramadan? Not just gratitude with my words, which is very important, to say Alhamdulillah, to thank Allah verbally, but have I taken it a step further? Have I lived my gratitude? If somebody gets a raise at work, you know how you can live your gratitude? Take a little bit of money from that raise and give it in sadaqah. If Allah blessed you with a new car, how can you use that to do a good deed? Are you going to use that new car to go to the masjid or to go to the nightclub? How can I live my gratitude? How can I show Allah my gratitude for the blessings that He's given me? The words are important, but it's far more impactful and effective if a person takes it further.
and they produce actions that are rooted and grounded in gratitude. Sayyidina Sulaiman, he's a prophet and a king. He has the most unique kingdom ever in human history. Allah says, do acts of gratitude. You have this amazing army, you have all this wealth, you have all this power, you have control over the wind and the jinn, and you have this army of, of people and birds. and Incredible. It, it sounds like something out of Netflix. Allah tells him, do good deeds. Notice this, the specific command is rooted in amal, not ilm. Is rooted in action, not knowledge. Knowledge precedes action by default, because we have to know what to do and how to do it. He has these blessings. Living in America, we have incredible blessings. What are we doing with them? Are we using them in ways to bring us closer to Allah? like Prophet Sulaiman, or are these blessings dragging us further and further away from Allah? It's up to us to decide how we interact with the blessings that Allah has given us. We ask Allah to make us from among the grateful. We ask Allah to make us from among those who learn the Qur'an and also live the Qur'an. We ask Allah to make it easy for us to benefit from this blessed month as much as we can. We ask Allah to accept any of our good deeds from this month especially, especially during these last 10 nights, and we ask Allah to overlook any and all of our shortcomings. Rabbana taqabal minna innaka anta sami alim wa tub alayna innaka anta tawab al-rahim wa akhir dama alhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. I want to conclude with a brief example in the Qur'an and there are many examples like this there are dozens of examples like this in the Qur'an Dozens of times in the Qur'an, Allah pairs two concepts together, perfectly intentionally. Allah mentions those who pray and those who give charity. Look at the very beginning of the Qur'an after Alif Lam Mim. This book is the guidance that we've been looking for. And how does Allah describe people of Qur'an from the very beginning within the Qur'an? Who are people of taqwa? Who are al-muttaqeen? Alladheena yu'minuna bil-ghayb. Those who believe in the unseen. Again, the plural. Allah didn't say alladhi. Allah said alladheena. Those who believe in the unseen. Alladheena yu'minuna bil-ghayb. Wa yuqimuna salah. And they, and they establish prayer. Wa mimma razaqnahum yunfiqun. And they give from what Allah has given them. Many times in the Qur'an, Allah pairs these two concepts together. Those who pray and those who give charity. Because when we pray together, what's supposed to happen is there's supposed to be fruit that comes from that practice. All of a sudden, after prayer one day, someone mentions to you know, another friend, another community member that, hey, I heard so-and-so's in the hospital. Let's go visit them. Social charity. Hey, the masjid needs help. You know, power washing, whatever, the sidewalk, the, the parking lot. Hey, let's, you know, let, let, let's get our, our kids who are in scouts, let's, let's do that together. There's supposed to be this, the, like a, think of a, a, a flowing river. Prayer is supposed to lead to 
good deeds being produced. And what Allah highlights specifically, charity, charity can be monetary, charity can be social. When some poor companions, they came to the Prophet and they said that, you know, we, there are these wealthier companions, they can give charity, but we can't give. There are these other good deeds that we're both doing. We're praying, they're praying, we're fasting, they're fasting. But they have more wealth, they can give more charity. So the Prophet taught them, والسلام, different types of charity. Every time you say, SubhanAllah is a charity. Alhamdulillah is a charity. So every type of dhikr is a charity. Removing something harmful from the road is charity. Helping a blind person is, is charity. So look at how the Prophet responded. Even if you can't give monetary charity, you can, you can do different good deeds and that'll count as charity in your favor. So they got excited because they felt like now, now we have a leg up on the competition. Now we know something that they don't know. That all these other types of good deeds count as charity. So we don't have money to give, but we can, you know, we can live these different types of social charity. But then the wealthier companions, they found out as well. They went back to the Prophet and complained and said, now, now they know about it too. The Prophet said, This is Allah's bounty. He gives it to whoever He wills. The secret though is in the intention. So I'm here from Sacramento, California on behalf of Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. Ihsan has been around since 1996. Amjad Bai and others in the community are already familiar with Sheikh Ahmed Bangura and the work that Ihsan has been doing. This community has supported and sponsored projects in the past already through Ihsan. There are different types of projects that we do, whether it's supporting orphans, widows, building schools. We're in the process of raising money to build a hospital. It's in the works in Sierra Leone. There are many different types of projects that we're doing. If you want to stop by and give cash, check, credit card, Apple Pay, whatever works for you, then please do so. But the specific project that I'm here for today is for Somalia Drought Relief. They're facing their worst drought in years, in decades. I'll give you two figures and I'll conclude. $40 will feed a family of nine for a month. $40, will not for a day, not for half a day, will feed a family of nine for a month. So if you can give that amount, that's wonderful. If you can give that amount, sponsor a food package on behalf of every member of your family, if you can give one, two, five, ten thousand, if you can give however much, may Allah bless you, may Allah accept it, and give you 700 times in return in dunya and Jannatul Firdaus forever in the hereafter, Amin Rabbil Alameen. Step one though is the niyyah, is the intention. So I ask all of you to make the intention to stop by and give something Again, $40 will feed a family of nine for a month. That's one. And then two, and I'll conclude with this, if we don't step in to help out and intervene, then by July, over a million children will end up passing away. They'll end up losing their lives. So we ask Allah to help them. We ask Allah to help us to help them. We thank Allah for the food, the water, the shelter, the clothing, the health care, all the blessings that He's given us in this part of the world. And we ask Allah to help us to share the blessings that He's given us with those who are struggling as best we can. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adhaab al-nar. Rabbana atina min ladunka rahmah wa hayi lana min amrina rashada. Rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun wa jaalna lil-muttaqina imama. Rabbana taqabal minna innaka anta s-samiyu al-alim wa tub alayna innaka anta tawab al-rahim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamna al-muslimin. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa aqim al-salam.